Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Well, thank you, Sheriff Clark, and you are listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have each and every one of you, and uh, I'm glad that uh, Sheriff uh, David Clark, great American, great conservative, uh, appreciate him helping introduce me for this week's show. Now, uh, what do we have? This show is about the strategic... Petroleum Reserves, SPR. Do you know what that is? Do you know that's one way uh, President Biden helped Democrats get elected, it seems to be. Uh, It's for national emergencies, and it's for America to be strong if there's something that's unforeseen or a war or a drop in energy. But the president, President Biden, decided to uh, drain our uh, strategic strategic petroleum reserves down to the lowest they've ever been since uh, 1983. And are we in a dangerous uh, predicament? Could be if there's a national emergency. So we're going to talk about that today. Interesting things. People aren't talking about it. They should be. Why? Because it affects everybody's pocketbook, even if you don't own a car, even if you have an EV or an electric car. It doesn't matter because trucks going up and down the highway moving products supply chains they all depend on fuel oil and that is going to be affected by what decisions president biden makes and if he refuses to make them quickly he's going to be in a bad shape because America's going to be in a bad shape. We're going to talk about that on this week's Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Very important show because you're not hearing it anywhere else. You're not hearing it in the national media. You're not hearing it in the local state media. But you're going to hear it right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Got some clips we'll play and dig into some serious issues. Before we do, let me go back to last week when Tucker Carlson had this uh, show and he had a great whole show about it but we're going to play a couple minutes uh, and uh, listen to what Tucker Carlson had to say last week because it's important to some shows we had earlier and I'm going to tie that in and tell you why but take a listen to what Tucker Carlson on Fox News had to say last week August 10th 2019 Attorney General William Barr was working in his home office when his chief of staff called to say that Jeffrey Epstein had just been found dead in his cell in New York City Barr was shocked and upset to hear this. His first reaction, as he recounts in his memoir, was to worry that some people in America might not buy the idea that Jeffrey Epstein had killed himself. Quote, no one's going to believe it was a suicide. 
Barr fretted to his chief of staff. There will be conspiracy theories all over the place. Now, that's a pretty odd response if you think about it. At the time, there was no way that Bill Barr could have known for sure how Jeffrey Epstein died. So you would think, as the attorney general, his first concern would be finding out what actually happened. But instead, his first concern was worried that the public might jump to unapproved conclusions about what happened. And in some ways, Bill Barr was right to worry. Many Americans did not believe that Jeffrey Epstein had killed himself. Given the strange circumstances of his death, stranger even than most people understood at the time, it was going to take a sustained public relations campaign to convince Americans that Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. But Bill Barr was willing to make the effort. Two days later, he flew to New Orleans, gave a speech, and said this. I was appalled, and indeed the whole department was, and frankly, angry, to learn of the MCC's failure to adequately secure this prisoner. We are now learning of serious irregularities at this facility that are deeply concerning and demand a thorough investigation. The FBI and the Office of Inspector General are doing just that. We will get to the bottom of what happened, and there will be accountability. So the country is skeptical and concerned. Bill Barr is skeptical and concerned. We will get to the bottom of what happened, and there will be accountability, he promised that day. But that turned out to be untrue. Three and a half years after Jeffrey Epstein died, no one has gotten to the bottom of what happened that day, and there has been no accountability for it. The only people ever punished for the grotesque malfeasance surrounding Epstein's death were two low-level guards who fell asleep on duty that night. Both pleaded guilty to falsifying government records. But last year, with no real explanation, an Obama-appointed judge dropped all charges against both of them. One of the guards may still work for the federal government. As for getting to the bottom of what happened, despite many promises from many various officials, neither the FBI nor the Justice Department's Office of Inspector General has ever issued a report explaining how Jeffrey Epstein died. Not a word. So once again, three and a half years after one of the most widely covered deaths of our time, there are still no answers and there is still no accountability. Well, that's Tucker Carlson talking about the death of Jeffrey Epstein. Was it suicide? Now, what does that have to do with Doc Holliday's rock-splitting politics? Well, we, Tucker Carlson was pointing out, and in that show, if you want to go back and listen to it, the entire show's on YouTube, and you can just look at Tucker Carlson and Jeffrey Epstein, but he digs into some many, I mean many, problems that the FBI did not look into. And, and Barr, the Attorney General, did not, really have any kind of uh, investigation when you hear the show that Tucker Carlson put together. But why did we play that? Because if you remember, at the end of last year, we had, uh, we had uh, Daphne Barak and her husband. We had uh, Bill Gunasty. And then, but Daphne, in her show, an interview, uh, she put together CBS with who else? It was... Gislin Maxwell. Now, who is Gislin Maxwell? If you listen to the show, you'll know she was the mistress for Jeffrey Epstein, and she's in prison now for 20 years. But in the interview that's just been released over in uh, London, and then and, uh, Daphne Barak talked about it on Fox News. Of course, she talked about it here on Doc Holliday's Rock, splitting politics first, but... 
she didn't tell us all because we had to listen to the show, but Gislin Maxwell did say she didn't believe that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide. And that leads us why we keep looking at that. Because Epstein had ties. He was such a good money launderer. And he brought in rich people, famous people, people he could control with blackmail. Now, how much happened? Who did it? We, we know big names uh, went into this, uh, uh, went, went with his jets to the islands where he had girls and some of the girls were underage. And, and there were a lot of people rode the jets, everybody from Bill Gates to Bill Clinton, senators, congressmen, uh, judges. How much did Epstein have on how many people? And just like uh, Tucker Carlson said in that interview that uh, Attorney General Bill Barr thought, well, if we don't investigate this, there will be a lot of uh, conspiracy theories. Well, guess what? You should have investigated it, Bill Barr. And now, and we did a show going back. You can go back and listen to our show about a month or so ago with FTX, the cryptocurrency that the central exchange of cryptocurrency that Sam Bankman Freed was a part, had developed. Did he do it by himself? Was he really a JP Morgan genius that like somebody called him? Or was he a fraudster all along, which it looks like he was, but who set him up? And we tied into our show a month or so ago that who was very much involved with the uh, part of the FTX? Well, there's a cryptocurrency called Tether. And it was one of its founders was Brock Pierce who happened to do several things with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you see how all this ties in together? And we know, and we did a show about Elon Musk. It said that he thought, he thinks, that uh, Sam Bankman-Freeman pro probably had put, uh, if FTX had funded Democrats up to a billion dollars worth in the dark money. How will we ever know? Please, someone in Congress, in the, in the House at least, you, you have the power now to investigate. See where all the dark money, how much went into politics from FTX. The FBI, <laughs> don't trust them. I mean, you can't trust the FBI if it's anything to make the Democrats look bad. It's obvious. You cannot trust them to tell the truth about anything to do with the Democratic Party. It, the people will discover it might know, but then they... The higher-ups won't ever let it come out. It doesn't appear to be. Maybe that'll change. Let's let's pray that the truth always wins. And don't have to wait to the life after death for that to happen, maybe. Maybe we can see it in our lifetimes. Maybe we can see it in this year of 2023. Please, <laughs> please, FBI, come clean and tell us the truth for once, even if it makes the Democrats look bad. But... Sam Bankman-Fried, I mean, he's a fraudster, used other people's money and made, bet big time and lost, and the cryptocurrency, uh, it crumbled. And now they owe billions of dollars, but where did all that money go? 
How was it tied to Jeffrey Epstein? Could have been. Don't know. We are just looking, but there are all kind of these names keep appearing, reappearing. Did you see that Ghislaine Maxwell, her attorneys, or who else? Sam Bankman Friedman? Oh, well, uh, what's the old phrase that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree when you get some fraudsters, some illegal uh, money laundering, a lot of things tying together. We really need to look at that for the sake of America. Okay, <laughs> we, we got a little more on that than I wanted to, but we need to talk about the strategic petroleum reserves. Some of you may not even know what it is, but down uh, near the Texas-Louisiana border, Louisiana, they get uh, salt mines. They've, they have used that to fill... Uh, hundreds of millions i think it's like 400 million gallons of um, crude oil uh, for our for our country's strategic uh, reserve in case there is a crisis we lose oil can't get oil there's a war and it's very important national security but because gasoline is going up so high and there's election and midterm elections the democrats were freaking out and inflation was eating everything up and they were afraid there might be this red tsunami in the midterm election so it was not really a national emergency but it was a national emergency for democrats to release the gas the oil out of the strategic petroleum reserves and even joe biden bragged about hey we sold it high and we're going to make money and and buy it back low guess what they're not buying it back. It went down lower. After election, gasoline was lower uh, than it was earlier in the summer. Now, it wasn't lower than when Donald Trump was president, but Biden, you remember them bragging, bragging, bringing the gas price down? Well, then was the time to start buying it back, but they haven't. There's a catch-22 on that, and we're going to get into that in just a minute. Uh, let, let me play this clip for you from... Um, Someone that knows the oil business very well, uh, Paul Sankey, is on CNBC television. Take a listen to what he had to say just uh, three or four weeks ago. WTI crude rebounding off its lows of the year, rising another 2% plus today. The commodity, which hit its lowest level since last December on Friday, is now up more than 8% this week. So as the worst over for crude, let's bring in Paul Sankey of Sankey Research for more on what 2023 brings. Paul, good to see you. So we've seen the lows for crude, you think? For this year, I think so. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think if you look back at 2018 and the taper tantrum, we had very similar market action that we expect every year anyway from Labor Day into the beginning of winter, which is essentially what we've seen, a significant fall off in prices uh, since Labor Day, essentially down to the lows that we just saw. And if you look at what happened in 18 into 19, we saw crude running hard into driving season. So we're looking for $120 Brent which would be you know, $115 WTI by driving season, which would be May next year, 2023. So yeah, the answer to your question is yes. So what happens with uh, energy equities with this backdrop, with this roller coaster? Well, that, yeah, that's a very interesting question, Melissa, because what we've seen here on the downside, of certainly for the first part of the big down move in crude, was that the energy equities outperformed significantly, which say they didn't go down as much as oil did. I think they were kind of discounting 80 and they were okay with a move down to 80. I think when the risk got that we broke below 80, um, then it became a problem for the equities in that last leg. 
And as you can see now that we're getting this beginning of winter, very cold in Europe, you know, Russian oil coming off the market, et cetera, et cetera, all the things are coming together. You can see the equities are moving very well here as the, as the crude price moves. So, Paul, put your economist hat on real quick, because if we get a 50-50% rally in Brent, I think the math is right, by the spring, that makes this Federal Reserve job extraordinarily more difficult than it is right now. Agreed? Well, yeah, I mean, look at the Saudis. You know, I mean, I think that was really upsetting the administration, right? And if, one of the, the scary things here from an administration point of view is that the announcement OPEC Plus a couple of months ago that they would cut 2 million barrels a day, they never cut exports. And so the potential is there, I think, for Saudi to, to move more towards a $100 type target, which I believe they have. Well, those were what Paul Sankey was saying, and, and there's some very, very dangerous um, within those quotes, very dangerous situation for President Joe Biden and the United States of America. If you didn't quite pick that out of the conversation, I'll bring it out for you as soon as you listen to our little break here. Well, I hope you come sail away with uh, some angels singing in your head with us for 2023. Just put a little hope in the year because we, we, some things we talk about, it just looks hopeless. But it's never hopeless. Don't give up. The journey is a journey, and it has many winding roads. And some are uphill, some are downhill. But many times you'll get tired and frustrated. But the journey to freedom... <laughs> is a road that we're going to keep taking on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We want more liberty and more freedom for the United States of America. And the more free America is, it gives hope to people around the entire globe. We forget that sometimes as Americans. There's so many people with that hope in us. I, I never will forget the time I was in New Zealand in the middle of nowhere and we talked about that in some of our past shows and did a show on it and in the middle of nowhere 2019 it was 2019 and in in a pasture there's this big trump flag flying in new zealand and i'm telling you the people there they are more liberal they're more progressive liberal but it gives hope to those who know capitalism free markets that's the way to go and when they see america with more freedom and electing politicians who want more freedom and go for more freedom it excites freedom lovers around the globe and that's why people are in the communist the socialists they hate patriots and freedom loving americans because they think if we can just take america down the whole world is ours, and that's why we have an important role to play. And thank you for listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And yes, we are talking about the Strategic Petroleum Reserves, and President Biden has painted himself in a corner.
and I'll be doggone at the Republicans if they let this slip away and not put all that responsibility. He's the guy that kept the 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 red tsunami from sweeping over by using the national our national defense strategic reserves for political purposes. That's basically what's happened. Of course, the other night, and and what happens? Well, the press is always on the Democratic Party side. It's just an arm. The mainstream media is pretty much an extension, an arm of the Democratic National Committee. It makes it tough. But the Republicans have to outsmart, and that is hard to do sometimes. But please tell your representative if there's a Republican, if you have a Republican congressman or congresswoman or senator, uh, tell them do not let President Biden off the hook. He's the one that caused this position that we're in now. We have a uh, we need to replenish our strategic petroleum reserves for one reason, and one reason only is because President Biden was scared of the midterm elections, and he drained our strategic petroleum reserves. And he said himself, we, we sold them when they're high, and we'll buy back when it's low. Well, guess what? Gas prices are moving higher, and we have not replenished anything I saw one report where they were going to look at if they could get the right price, they were going to get 3 million barrels of oil. Remember, they were taking out a million barrels a day for several months. And now they're going to put just 3 million barrels back in if they could get the right price in February of 2023. Well, what's going on here, folks? This is the thing you need to understand. It was... President Biden and his administration, everything is on him. And if they do not buy back now, why, it's almost even of what they sold it for. And prices keep rising. And why would they rise? Well, because we killed the Keystone Pipeline. We, we've gone to war. America, I'm talking about the American government, has gone to war against American uh, fossil fuel industry. And, and they'll say, oh, we, you got all these permits. No, they've put people into place that are denying permits, denying, uh, denying all the uh, pipelines. You know, Manchin, they needed his vote to get the, uh, the Inflation Reduction Act which is such a misnomer, but he voted so he could get this pipeline <laughs> into West Virginia, and they nixed it. They, they, they told him a lie, and he didn't get what he uh, was supposed to get by voting for the, uh, you know, the whatever that get, they call it that Inflation Reduction Act. But you can see inflation is like a dragon. And the Federal Reserve is working hard, and they say, oh, the Federal Reserve will have to pivot. But this is the ugly part of the what uh, President Biden and his administration, they have painted themselves in the corner, and the Republicans better not let them get out without them taking full responsibility of what is about to happen. Gas prices are going up because of their stupid, uh, insane short-sighted 
you know, war against fossil fuels here in America. We have the oil. We have the know-how to get the cheapest, cleanest energy on the face of this earth. And they're denying that fact. And this is what happened. They used our strategic petroleum reserves for political purposes to buy votes, to make people feel like, oh, the gas is going down. It was still higher than when Trump was uh, a president. But it did go down some throughout the summer and fall. But this is the thing. As they buy it back to replenish it, because we need it in the ground in case we do have a national emergency, but it will cause the price of gas. It will cause the price of oil to rise. You heard what we had a while played on the first half of the show with Paul uh, Sankey from CNBC, a clip that he was saying, yes, we're looking at $100 barrel oil. It's going to keep going up and even could go higher as we get ready for this year's driving season. There's not an election and there's not enough oil to pump out of our strategic petroleum reserves. And this is the nasty, stinging truth is as the oil rises, as gasoline prices rise at the pump, it touches everything in our economy and inflation, which everybody says, oh, inflation is going down. We got the dragon subdued and we don't have to worry about it the stock prices are going to go up and everybody's going to be happy but what happens is as gas goes up it affects the trucking the supply chains everything gets affected and inflation will rise its ugly head again i hope i'm wrong but i'm just telling you that is the position that president biden and all the democrats have painted themselves in and the Republicans need to be telling this message now. There's not a crisis now. But line it up and say this is what will happen if we, if, if we sit around and do nothing. If we don't replenish the uh, National Reserves now, then it's only going to be hired down the road. And uh, every week we are without the, the reserves that we need as a nation. We are vulnerable to any kind of national emergency. That is a position that's unsustainable and we have to replenish. But if this is my point, I wrote an article about it in the, our local paper and uh, it was saying, basically, if our politicians are so brain dead, and I include Democrats and Republicans, if the Republicans don't mention this now, and if we are, as American taxpayers, they come before six months or a year down the road and go, we have a national emergency, we must fill the strategic petroleum reserve, even though gas may be up to $4, $5 a gallon. They'll come before Congress and say it's a national emergency, we must buy $5 gas to put back down on the ground when we sold it for $3. And they'll beg for these high prices and raising taxes to get this national emergency. Do not let that happen. Do not let that happen. Talk about it now. Let people know. Buy it now. And it will. Whenever they buy it, it's going to cause gas prices to rise. The only thing that could make it where we could get gas cheaper now 
is if there is a drastic depression. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see a recession. But if we had a deep, deep recession, a drastic, even a depression, then yes, gas prices will go lower. Now will be time to put it in the ground. But why? Uh, there's no need to suffer this nation through a depression or a great recession. Only, only stupidity from the leadership of this nation and this White House could put us in such a position. Buy the oil back now for the money you got. And if you say you've spent that money somewhere else, they ought to be kicked out of the White House, forced to resign the whole administration. Buy it back now. That old plan of Biden's ain't build back better. Buy it back now. You should have never stolen it in the first place just for political purposes. And Republicans have something they can sink their teeth into and rip a hole out of the Democrats' uh, playbook. This is all the Democrats' fault. And, and, and they're painting themselves in the corner, and the Republicans need to point it out now. You need to point it out now. Tell your congressman, tell your senator, tell the newspapers, shout it from the mountaintops, we must replenish the strategic petroleum reserves now. Waiting longer is foolhardy. Waiting even longer will put this nation, every week we do not have it replenished, it's putting our nation more and more at risk. Get that message out. Let it sink in and let the people of America say, if you wait till gas prices go up higher than what you, what you borrow, what, what this country made by selling, and some of that went to the Chinese Communist Party, didn't even stay in the United States of America. Point all this out, and these people should be in Impeached if we get to the point where they want twice the money that they got for selling something for political purposes, it should not ever, ever happen. Point it out now. Don't wait till we're in a national crisis. Point it out now. Maybe we can solve it. But that's Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. Go tell your congressman, your senator, your congresswoman, Go tell them to shout it from the mountaintops, replenish the strategic petroleum reserve now and get it done. If you don't, you should be impeached, Mr. President. Enough said. See you next week right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHoliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.